Here we go. Here we go on this Monday. It is, uh, what's today's date? The 8th of August, 2022. Six o'clock straight up. You are in the midst of Real Talk Memphis. Good to see you. I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Very happy to be here today. Uh, very happy to have you with us today, wherever it is you are and however it is you're getting this fine piece of radio broadcasting. On this first day of school, for the Memphis and Shelby County School District today, uh, happy first day of school and hope everything went well. And uh, yeah, homework's coming soon if it hadn't started coming already. We're going to have a really good show for you tonight. We've got a lot of uh, some good guests and some uh, good information. By the way, before I forget, I think the FedEx Classic is this week. Big golf tournament uh, in our city, uh, showcasing the city this uh, weekend. Uh, so I'm sure many of you will probably make plans to go out there and uh, sit and watch your favorite golfers uh, and bake in the sunshine. Speaking of baking, it was pretty hot today. Uh, when I got here, it was like 96 degrees uh, showing on the car thermometer. The heat index, uh, once again, well over 100 degrees, about 105, 106. So uh, take it easy out there in terms of just kind of, you know, uh, dealing with the, the weather. You, we're also going to uh, cool down from what I'm to understand. Uh, after today, temperatures, instead of being in the mid to upper 90s, will probably be in the upper 80s to near 90. We'll take it. And I think there's some rain on the way as well, too, this week. So, uh, you know, lot to look forward to on the good side of things uh, as well. Uh, you always ask yourself right about this time of the show, uh, how do I get this fine piece of radio broadcasting? Well, I am so happy that you ask. Uh, you can do it a number of ways. And uh, the first way, of course, is right now, if you're listening on the uh, radio, we are 91.7 on your FM dial, WYXR. You can also hear us on the WYXR app, uh, just, uh, you know, WYXR.org. And uh, we're playing live. We're also on the TuneIn app live. Uh, we will be on Facebook Live this evening, uh, so you can catch us uh, that way. And a bit later on, we will post to YouTube. And as we are a podcast, you can catch us after they post a show tomorrow, wherever you get your podcast. We good? I think we are good. As I said earlier, we have a really good show for you tonight. We're going to do a medical check-in in just a few minutes with uh, Dr. Steve Threlkale. There's a few things to talk about on that front. I know you don't like hearing about it, but see, everybody's back now. You all are back. The routines are starting again. You know, moms and dads and the families are starting to kind of coalesce after a busy summer of going God knows where in this country and enjoying yourself. Now you're back, schedules locked in and ready to go. Uh, so, you know, we want to make sure that you are doing okay uh, on, on that front. A little bit later on, we're going to talk about a memorial uh, that is planned for Ida B. Wells. And you're asking yourself, who is Ida B. Wells? Well, we're going to learn about that. There's a memorial project that is being uh, planned uh, for that. And we will have a couple of folks that are going to talk about that. And a little bit later on in the show, now many of you uh, on the, uh, on the uh, Facebook post that I, I do over the weekends, you said to yourself, uh, uh, I asked you the simple question, which was, uh, is anybody hungry yet? And the reason why I ask is because uh, my two guests a little bit later on in the second half hour, Chris and Regina Moore will be here. They are uh, owners of Chef Flavors, and uh, they're going to talk about a very exciting partnership uh, they have and this spinach artichoke dip, artichoke, this spinach artichoke dip that I have been hearing so much about that everybody thinks is really, really good. So they'll join me in the second half hour of the show. But uh, as we all do, we do this time of uh, the broadcast, we celebrate you. 
Uh, many of you have celebrated uh, another trip around the sun. And in tribute to you, we do this little thing called birthday shout outs, but I can't do it until I say hit it, Lola. Happy birthday! Yeah. It's your birthday, it's your birthday. Celebrating, here we go on this day. Shirley, Whit- Shirley Matthew celebrating today. Happy birthday to you, Shirley. Uh, as well as Lenora Millen, it's her, her birthday today. Jimmy Bowles is celebrating his birthday today. Amanda Beeman, uh, happy birthday to you. As uh, well as Linda Owens, let's see here. Anel Denise Ford celebrating on this day. Andrea Washington is celebrating her birthday today. Christopher Harris, happy birthday to you, sir. Marshall Jenkins celebrating. Tricia Butte is celebrating a birthday today. Marianne Washington is celebrating. And my cousin, way up there in Chicago, Shirley Salone Watkins is celebrating her birthday today. Happy birthday, cuz. And uh, Elena Jackson is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to each and every one of you. And whether you had a birthday over the weekend or you have one coming up this week, uh, happy birthday. Celebrate safely. Enjoy yourself. And uh, if the Lord says so, we'll be back here next year to celebrate you once again for another trip around the sun. Thank you, Lola. Is Facebook Live working yet, by Okay, it is. I, don't, I can't get it on my phone, but anyway. So. Okay, um, so in news and notes today, I don't know if uh, any of you heard, but late this afternoon we got word that Olivia Newton-John, uh, singer and actress, uh, star of Grease, uh, died today at the age of 73. Uh, I believe it was cancer. She's been battling cancer for a while, but... Really big in the 70s and 80s, man, I tell you that. Uh, you know, and a lot of uh, singles uh, that, that she had out, but of course, Grease just set her on fire. I mean, she was a global hit with the. Uh, huh? And it's Lola's favorite movie. Had to get that in. That's her favorite movie. But big hits off that movie as well, by the way. So, uh, yeah, that's a big loss today. So, uh, you know, we, we, we celebrate her life and we, and we mourn her passing, uh, Olivia Newton John, at the age of 73. So um, let's see here. In the news and notes, uh, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about this election that happened last Thursday. And my, 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 uh, there were some surprises to be sure. Um, But uh, I want to get to a couple of things first. I mentioned the students are back to school today. And I guess from all indications, everything went well, which is which is a good thing. We, we appreciate that. Now, remember, we were talking to you a few weeks ago about the man who had broken up with his uh, his uh, girlfriend and who threatened to shoot folks coming out of Yo Gotti's uh, birthday bash concert. Well, he was in uh, court today and uh, basically most of the charges, and there were a lot of them, were dropped. Uh, and uh, but he's going to have to face a grand jury in, in, in reference to all of this. And he is also going to have to undergo a a mental evaluation. And I mean, again, the guy's got issues, and I figured that this was going to happen, and it happened uh, today. Uh, let's see. Uh, nationally, in the uh, Ahmad uh, Marbury, uh, Ahmad Arbery case uh, in Atlanta, the young man was was killed by three men. Uh, they were sentenced today. They were initially sentenced to life in prison, all of them. Well, they went back today for the federal charges, and uh, they were once again sentenced to life in prison. So the issue there was they wanted to stay under federal custody in a federal prison, which is not as harsh as, uh, you know, the municipal uh, jails and, and, and the local facilities and things like that. Well, the judge said that they will not do time, their federal time in federal prison. They will go to state prison. 
but under federal custody, and they will never get out ever, ever again. Hey, did you uh, remember that uh, when you go to the store, you know, we're still under a tax, grocery tax holiday. The grocery tax holiday is for the entire month of August. So if I'm you, you know, I would, I would, I'd step it up. If I were you, I'd get what I needed to get. You know, any any little bit you can save is is a good thing. Absolutely that. So uh, before I get to the election stuff, uh, there there was a no confidence vote scheduled for uh, Wanda Halbert, uh, who is the uh, county clerk in charge of the uh, car tags and license information. Um, they were supposed to vote uh, this afternoon, and if they have already, uh, somebody let me know if they, if they actually did that, because if they held a no-confidence vote today, uh, the string behind that is that the state, they're going to ask the state to take over this process. And, and, and I don't want to have one re-election last week, but, but this, is a bad, this is really a bad look. If that happens, so if you guys on Facebook Live, if you hear something on the news, you know, shoot me a little note back down here and let me know that, yeah, well, they, they did or they didn't, okay? So um, I want to talk a little bit about the election last week. Many of you went out and voted. Uh, the Republicans are shell-shocked. The Republicans are absolutely stunned at, 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 as to what happened uh, last week. Now, uh, Shelby County Sheriff Floyd Bonner was reelected. Shelby County Mayor Lee Harris was reelected, but uh, some of the bigger races, in particular the uh, district attorney's race, uh, has changed directions, has changed leaders. Steve Mulroy, a Democrat, beat Amy Wyrick rather soundly last week. And uh, I, I will say this, that uh, Mulroy is the first Democrat in the history of Shelby County to be elected to the if you hear noise, it's, it's Lola back here, you know, making all these little sound effects. Um, he's the first Democrat in the history of Shelby County to be elected uh, to the district attorney's seat. That was a very, very, that's a, that was a big one right there. And it wasn't even close. Also, uh, Judge Tariq Sugarman defeated Dan Michael for a juvenile court judge. And uh, Tariq Sugarman is the first black man to ever hold the position of juvenile court judge in the history of Shelby County. So we're making all kind of, making all kind of uh, moves here in terms of you know, what we're still dealing with in terms of first, right? The first this, the first that. Uh, also, for the first time ever, uh, the uh, county commission will now be mostly Democratic. And for the first time ever, there were five women elected to the Shelby County Commission, and that's the most they've ever had ever as well. So some big changes coming up here. They all get sworn in, uh, all the folks uh, who won, uh, get sworn in on uh, September 1st. So now uh, they have, uh, you know, now it's their turn now, okay? They put you in, and now it's like you got you to gotta answer up, right? You, gotta, you have to do what needs to be done to take care of the business that needs to be taken care of. And by the way, talked about this beforehand, but I wish, I wish the local politicians would stop trying to get these extra terms, okay? I mean, this is the third time in a row that term limits was just completely shot down out of the sky. The third time in a row. And it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. So, you know, I wish we would just stop doing that, okay? Because people, if you can't get it done in four years, or if you're lucky enough, eight years in some positions, then you know what? You didn't get it done. Let somebody else come in and handle the business. And before I go to uh, a commercial break here, I have to acknowledge something. Three years ago, right around this time, as a matter of fact, I made my foray into local radio talk. Uh, three years ago, uh, 2019, in August, 
Uh, I had uh, been wanting to do a radio show because I felt there was a void uh, missing in terms of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was able to be uh, given an opportunity by a local radio station, WMQM, AM 1600, gave me my first shot at doing this uh, local radio stuff. And uh, really appreciated the opportunity and all of the folks who helped me even launch it in the first place. Uh, we moved over here to WYXR in uh, October of 2020, and uh, we've been here ever since. And I just wanted to take uh, time to uh, wish uh, the Chips radio show in whatever iteration you saw. Initially, it was Real Talk, and then, and as it is now, it's Real Talk Memphis. Thank you who have supported me, uh, you know, who are still supporting us, the show. From the bottom of my heart, I really, really appreciate it. And all of the people who uh, not only helped to get this thing launched, I mean, Jed Lucas and, and, and Mandrill McLaughlin and, 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 and Myron Mays and so many other folks who helped me to enter into this world. Uh, I said it to you before, this is the best hour of my entire week, being here with you, sharing time with you all. Uh, and I hope that we provide a product that you really like and enjoy and, and appreciate. Uh, so again, for those of you who have supported me from the very beginning, for those of you who are still supporting uh, Real Talk Memphis, sincere thanks to each and every one of you uh, for helping us out. Three years old today. We're three years. You know, I know I look about five or six, but three years, the show is three years old today and uh, really happy and excited uh, to be here. And of course, I thank everybody who, who works on the show, including my, my current crew of Lola and Nicole. Okay, I think I got everything out of the way. So we're going to take our first break. And when we come back, we're going to have a medical checkup with my friend, Dr. Steve Threlkel. This is Real Talk Memphis. Three years in, I am your humble host, Chip Washington. Right back. Stay with us. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. The FedEx St. Jude Championship celebrates 65 years of professional golf in Memphis with a new event that brings the heart of our hometown to TTC Southwind. This year's tournament features the launch of the Soul in One Celebration, a festival showcasing Memphis culture, music, food, makers, and more. The event kicks off Wednesday, August 10th at 11 a.m. on Tournament Drive and includes live music from Marcella and her lovers, The Privilege, Stax Music Academy, and Brandon Lewis, along with WYXR DJs, as well as a local craft foods market and a family sports activity zone provided by Nike. For more information, visit FedExChampionship.com. Minglewood Hall presents Lucy Dacus on Friday, October 14th. Lucy Dacus is a musician, performer, and storyteller. Her most recent album, Home Video, was named a Top 10 Album of 2021 by NPR Music, USA Today, Rolling Stone, and The New York Times. For more information, visit MinglewoodHallMemphis.com.
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday, August 8th. Uh, as I said earlier, very happy to have you with us on our third anniversary doing this radio talk thing. And uh, I'm very happy to have my first guest. You know, he um, played a very prominent role in providing information uh, to all of us during the height of the COVID-19 uh, activity. And, uh, you know, I wanted to bring him back for a couple of reasons. First, as I said earlier, you know, Families are starting to get back into a rhythm now. The vacations are over for the most part, and kids are back in school, and everybody's kind of getting back on schedule. Uh, but, uh, you know, we still have some, uh, some variants out here. Omicron is, is, is spawning left and right, and we have uh, monkeypox and a lot of other things to talk about. Uh, and, but conditions are a little different this year than they were last year, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. But as I welcome my guest, Dr. Steve Threlkeld, he is an infectious disease specialist working out of the Baptist Medical Group. And Dr. Steve, thanks for coming back on the show. Good to see you, my friend. Hey, Chip. How you doing? Doing well, man. Doing well. Thank you very much. And thanks for coming on again. So, you know, you and I talked a little bit over the weekend about all this. And, and you know, it's been a minute since we've, we talked about this and we kind of got through the summer. Uh, you know, but I, I guess my concern has been... Okay, you know, all the restrictions are gone, right? Everything is gone. No mask, no, I mean, no, everything is just kind of put back in the closet and we're going about our daily lives like we did in 2019. Uh, but we do have a variant running around out here and we do have another, you know, virus running around out here as well. But the difference is there's no protection, no masking and no restrictions in schools. So I wanted to bring you on to talk a little bit about this and kind of gauge your thought process on what we need to be looking at as we're entering into the fall of the year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a great question because we've had sort of an array of protections that we've had against this virus. We yep. had a very effective vaccine. Masks do work. Um, we've had a lot of things. We've had medications, things that have developed that we can do. But I think it's important, as you say, there's not going to be any more masking in schools. There really isn't any in the community to speak of. But I think really that just makes a vaccination protection more important. And that's particularly concerning in school age kids. I mean, in the younger kids, we're just not seeing any significant percentage of people getting that protection. And that could be a big problem if we're not utilizing any of those protections for our kids, both that and, you know, for protecting family members. I had somebody ask me at church yesterday, now, are you wearing your mask to protect you or to protect me? And I said, well, interestingly, neither. I'm wearing it to protect the heart transplant patients that I interact with all day at work. Oh, and so you still see people at the hospitals wearing masks. Okay. And that's to protect those people who are immunosuppressed, elderly, and yeah. people who can still, of course, get sick from this disease. So you brought up a very good point. And, you know, uh, it seems like the more the... Uh, the FDA and the CDC, uh, you know, gave approval for these vaccines, the younger the age groups, it seems like the younger the age groups, the less the interest level was in terms of that. And this youngest uh, age group, I guess it's what, six months to five years or whatever it is. I mean, very, very, very little uh, interest or activity at all in terms of getting them vaccinated. And I think that's probably what you're talking about. So, I mean, you know, honestly, I mean, what, and you broke it down very nicely, but I mean, that could be a very, very big problem, especially with school back in and the propensity for children, you know, to kind of get into everything. Talk about that. 
Yeah, and you know, it's funny, uh, you, you mentioned this, and, and we're extra careful with our kids. We should be. That That's human nature, and it's appropriate. Sure. The problem is that when we're extra careful with our kids and they're feeling okay, we think that doing nothing is the safest thing. Mm. We always want to be on the safe side, but the important thing is to figure out what the correct safe side is to get on. And in this case, the human brain does not do a good job of judging two relatively low risks. It is true that most kids don't get terribly sick. Some do, I've certainly seen them, but the safer avenue is to get the vaccine. You're much more likely to be without major problems a year from now if your kids are adequately protected from this disease. So it's a relative thing. And the relative thing is clearly in favor of the vaccine. And if we don't protect any of the kids like that, then a few kids are gonna get very sick from this and be hospitalized and, and a very few will die. But but those are situations that we, those are risks that we don't need to take. We just need to make sure that we figure out the safer path. And it's pretty clear, like you say, the kids are going to get around each other. They're going to spread the virus. Sure. And if we have protection with the vaccine to keep those kids from getting really ill and the hospitalizable and the more severe forms of the disease, that's after all the first job of a vaccine and one that we need to make sure that we have engaged on their behalf. All right. You, you, you gauge this from a national perspective. Are the numbers uh, Omicron, COVID starting to rise again in, in, in some states around the country? Well, you see a lot of different things. New York, for example, it rose a fair amount last week, even death rose. Look, I put five new people in our infusion center today who needed monoclonal antibodies or remdesivir IV who were higher risk people mm -hmm. that got the infection. So mm -hmm. I guess I judge it crudely based on the number of phone calls I get from friends, relatives, doctors who have friends and relatives who have it. And I still get a lot of them. So there's still a fair amount of the disease in the community. We're still at a very high transmission rate. Most of those people aren't gonna get ill, but we've still got 50 to 60 people in our hospital right now, the building I'm sitting in, with COVID. They're not all here from COVID, mm -hmm. but a few are, and mm -hmm. some are in the ICU. We've got a couple that have required the ECMO artificial lung technology. So it's going to pick out a few people to make really, really ill. And, you know, the vast majority of those people are still people who are not protected with the vaccine, uh, who are immunosuppressed and can't get that protection. You got to still be careful and use the tools that we have to prevent those people from getting ill. If you're just joining us, we're speaking with Dr. Steve Threlkeld. He is an infectious disease specialist in Baptist, Baptist uh, Medical Group. And the, the, the new thing everybody's talking about, and it seems to be kind of catching hold. Um, I heard Dr. Taylor talking about monkeypox this afternoon. Initially, we had four uh, cases, uh, reported cases. I think that has doubled. And I think there's been uh, many more throughout the state. What's your take on monkeypox? And uh, what do you see, you know, in terms of... Uh, you know, what we're looking at here, and I know it's extraordinarily infectious, but but what's your take on that? Well, you know, it's funny. I mean, it, it is. We talked about there being almost 3,000 cases a week ago. Now it's more than 7,000 yes. cases nationwide, and yes. the same we're seeing locally. Um, you know, we have a huge advantage on monkeypox versus COVID. The disease we've known about since uh, in humans since 1970. This happens in Africa sometimes. There's some outbreaks. There have even been a couple outbreaks uh, here in the U.S. before. So we know about the disease. We have an effective vaccine. We even have a therapy, a medicine that we can give to people who get very sick. It is contagious, but it's substantially less contagious than COVID. It is substantially less dangerous than COVID. We're not going to lose a million Americans to monkeypox. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the people who are immunosuppressed, pregnant, who have eczema skin conditions, it's not something you want to play with either. I mean, it can be very painful, pustular rashes, and can even get into more significant uh, disease in those folks 
who are immunosuppressed and the like. And it, at the very least, it can cause scarring, uh, the kind of thing that you don't want to be involved in. So it, it's going to be a good disease to avoid, even though, again, it's very much less of a factor in terms of death and that sort of thing than we saw with COVID. So it's a two to four week uh, you know, deal, depending on how, how bad it is. And, uh, you know, I, I heard this afternoon and something kind of scared me. If, 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 if you're pregnant, you mentioned it. If you're pregnant and you and you catch monkeypox, that could be passed along to the unborn child. Did I hear that correctly? Yeah, it's usually in people who have kind of normal vaginal deliveries that I ha- that that happens. Um, but, yeah, it is possible. And it's not a disease that is any that is pleasant at all. It's very painful a lot of times with a lot of pustular lesions and they they scab and they cause scarring. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's not something that anybody wants to have. Um, and it is I mean, it's doubling in sort of a weekish time here in, in the United States. So it is spreading. It is contagious, though, again, not on the scale that we think of with COVID. It does doesn't jump across the room at you like COVID literally sure, can, sure. Um, but it is becoming increasingly important. And we're still limited in our vaccine and really limited in our therapy capabilities right now. We're just beginning to ramp them up, right? A little behind the time on that. Uh, but thankfully, not many people with this clade of the virus are going to get sick enough to even need that medication. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a close contact, uh, uh, you know, virus from what I'm to understand. I mean, you have to, you know, I mean, it has to be. It's, and then I, I read, I thought I read something earlier today that said uh, they think you might be able to get it on uh, off contact like account I mean can you can, have you do you know anything about that like if you touch a counter or, or some area you can maybe pick it up yeah, the data on countertops and those kind of those kind of issues are, are much less studied, and they're still looking at that. It's very unclear, but no question by sharing sheets or towels with somebody yeah. who kind of rubbed Close. up against those infectious skin lesions, that certainly is a known transmission. So it's the fluid of those blisters, particularly. Yes, from a respiratory standpoint, if you're around the actual mucus or respiratory secretions, like on a towel or something, uh, but we're still trying to learn how much you could get it from doorknob or countertop, those kinds of things. Probably not. Near nearly as effective as just close skin contact. And even then for a period of time, you're not as likely probably to get this just from shaking hands with somebody with it. It probably in general takes a lot closer contact with the skin for a longer period of times for that. Did it surprise you uh, that the president, uh, of course he got COVID, but then he was treated, I can't remember the treatment that he got, and then he got COVID again. I mean, that surprised most of us. I mean, was it a surprise to you um, based on uh, what you know about that uh, cure? Interestingly, not at all. Paxlovid is what he took, which is a very effective medicine, particularly against those who are high risk with the infection. Mm. But remember, when you think back on it, um, COVID was always, um, from the beginning in New York, a very waxing and waning sort of people would say, oh, I had this for five days and I started feeling better for a couple of days and then I felt worse again and awful for three or four days. Mm-hmm. We saw that from the very beginning. And it turns out that Paxlovid is kind of, it's kind of been hung around Paxlovid's neck that this recurrence or relapse after Paxlovid, it happens with or without Paxlovid. We saw that in the trials yeah. of Paxlovid. So it's not a surprise. And the CDC has recommended, you know, that you go back into isolation if your antigen home test turns positive again. The only thing that I would add to that is that the CDC has never quite gotten around to pointing out that you should probably stay in isolation until your antigen test turns negative in the first place. They've never really come out with that. Mm. But but I think that's something that really people need to do. If you have COVID, you should get an antigen home test to be negative before you before you get around coworkers, particularly if you're any kind of healthcare facility, because those home tests do predict your ability to give it to other people and to be contagious. 
Well, you know, you've given us some really good information. And, and before I, I let you go, as we started to get into, you know, eventually it's going to cool off out here. If, at some point, maybe November, December, <laughs> the weather might get cooler. But but in the meantime, you know, as, as we get into the fall of the year and things start to change up a little bit, uh, you know, I think what you would say is for people to be on the side of caution, err on the side of caution, vaccinations are still your best shot. Am I correct in that? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, look, we break this down into different groups. If you're under 60 and you have no underlying diseases and you're vaccinated and boosted once, you're very unlikely to get seriously ill or require hospitalization. But if you're around somebody who is not in one of those groups, who's elderly, immunosuppressed, high risk, then you probably need to be more careful. It's who you are and what you do. It always has been. And you have to think about others. You know, we're in a city with St. Jude, for example. We need to protect people who can't really protect themselves by doing the things that we've done uh, that do protect us. But yeah, I mean, I think we have the tools to make this better, but we do need to do a better job of using them. Well, absolutely that. And thank you for uh, taking some time tonight to come on and, and give us a, a medical checkup as we as we get back into a regular routine. And we'll keep an eye on things. And of course, if I have any questions, you know, I will reach out to you, my friend, Dr. Steve Threlkeld. Thank you so much for coming on tonight. Appreciate it. Always good to see you, Chip. Thanks. You, you too, man. Take care. So, you know, there you go. And, and again, we provide information for you. It is completely and totally up to you uh, whether you choose to listen or take it or not. But uh, we want to keep you healthy. We want you to stay healthy and we want you to just keep thriving as always. We're going to take our second break of the uh, big broadcast tonight. And when we come back, we're going to have a bit of a history lesson. We're going to talk about Ida B. Wells. Who was she? and uh, what is her significance to Memphis. We're going to have all those answers for you right after the break. This is Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. Right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. Minfo Music Festival returns to Radiance Amphitheater at Memphis Botanic Garden on September 30th through October 2nd. This year's fest features the excitement of the Black Keys, Widespread Panic, Wilco, Jason Isbell, Portugal the Man, Tank and the Bangas, Bobby Rush, and many more. Visit MemphoFest.com for ticket packages, lineup information, FAQs, and more. That's MemphoFest.com. Clarion Security is proud to sponsor WYXR, and they are hiring at the Crosstown Concourse. Help protect the place that creates moments of discovery for us all. More information at Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. You know, we were looking outside just a few minutes ago when I got in here. It was it was hot and the sun was out. Now down here at the Crosstown Concourse, I mean, the wind has picked up. I'm hearing that there's some some lightning flashes out there. So the weather's starting to change up on us a little bit. Uh, so if you're out and about, be careful. Be careful. We want to make sure that you're okay. Okay. Good. Uh, before we talked, uh, before we went to break, we were talking a little bit about all this. Uh, there is a movement afoot uh, to honor and celebrate uh, someone uh, who was an educator and, 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 and very important to the fiber of the civil rights movement and the city of Memphis. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that. So uh, I, I reached out and uh, invited my guest, uh, and he is here with us right now, uh, Reverend Dr. Lasimba Gray. Uh, I see you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing well, my friend. I want to know what your secret is, brother. I, I, I don't have it. I, I cry and moan uh, in pain during commercials. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much how my, my, Good my secret. Yeah. Good to see you. Absolutely. Absolutely, my friend. So, uh, listen, I'm to understand that you're the brainchild behind this Ida B. Wells Memorial Project. Now, before we get started, tell folks who really don't know uh, who Ida B. Wells was and what her significance is to our city. Ida B. Wells uh, literally is the mother of civil rights in this country. Okay. Started right here in Memphis, Tennessee, fighting oppression, injustices of all kinds. And particularly, she was fighting uh, the lynching, the uh, lynching of African-American men based on trumped up charges uh, that they were raping white women and blah, 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 when really it was uh, many things other than that. Mm -hmm. And so she took it on as a personal project and started to write about it uh, using her pen and to put, uh, as she said, to put light upon the wrong. And she talked about it all over this country and abroad in Europe. And so Ida B. Wells is, is a legend. And after many, many years, uh, we finally got a statue of her on Bill Street where she where she served. And so we're very proud of that and uh, had a very powerful committee uh, to work with us on that, uh, starting out with Dr. Willis uh, Sugarman. And uh, she was uh, one of the uh, early teachers you know, who fought uh, racism at the University of Memphis. But uh, she passed on before we got the statue erected. And uh, but we did get it erected in her honor. And her daughter, uh, Erica uh, Sugarman, served with us on that committee. But we're proud of that work. And we're hoping that when it's dedicated uh, at the end of the year, that uh, the tourists coming from all over the world will be proud of what we have done to honor this great woman. I noticed that uh, there's also uh, some signage that has been uh, created down on Beale Street and Ida, now it's Beale Street and Ida B. Wells around 4th Street. Am I correct about that? You're correct. There's Ida B. Wells Street. Mm -hmm. Ida B. Wells Street runs from Union Avenue over to Crump uh, Boulevard. And uh, all those uh, intersections will be able to honor and recognize that this lady has been honored. And uh, it was a tremendous effort on behalf of the city council and uh, uh, the city council persons who got behind it and sponsored and made it happen. And it just had, it took on its own energy, really. And once people realized who we were honoring and why we were honoring this woman, uh, people joined on and uh, made it happen. You know, that, that particular area that you're, that you're uh, referring to, uh, of course, uh, Mason Temple, uh, the MLK Plaza, now uh, a memorial and tribute to Ida B. Wells. Now, um, you know, we all know um, how, how 
uh, how uh, influential and how you were really kind of in the fight of the civil rights movement when when, when things were when things were happening around here back in those days. So I would imagine seeing a day like this come when someone like her can be honored really must make you feel good and see uh, that maybe some progress has been made. Yeah, I think so. The, the thing of it is, uh, Chip, those of us who know have a responsibility to preserve this history. Uh-huh. And I retired in, in 2018, and I've been working like a beaver now because I realize I got more yesterdays than I have tomorrows. <laughs> so we don't have time for any foolishness. Yes, sir. And so with the plaza, we'll tell the Ida B. Wells story and her impact on uh, Memphis and then uh, the nation and, and, and the world. You know, Ida B. Wells went to Europe crusading uh, against uh, lynchings. And it was only when she got the support of the European merchants that they put pressure on, on the American society to do something about lynching. And after all those years of working, uh, we finally got a, a, a Emmett Till anti-lynching bill passed uh, this past spring. And uh, we dedicated the street one Friday and then went to Nat, I mean, the Washington, D.C. Uh, that Monday and uh, met with the President uh, Biden and uh, Vice President Kamala Harris and got that bill uh, signed, anti-lynching bill. So the work Ida B. Wells continues, and uh, it's tremendous to be a part of that. And uh, I want to thank all the members of our committee. Uh, you, you had Dr. Rochetta Watkins. Uh, yes, yes. We had Ruth yeah. Wright, David, Yvonne Acey, uh, the Reverend Dr. William Bill Atkins, uh, Daryl Harrington. I've got to call the names, and you always get in trouble when you don't have the names written down. <laughs> a, a tremendous committee, Ruby Bright and uh, uh, Terry Lynch. Terry Lynch is a, is a, is a European-American who paid the first $50,000 toward the statue because he wanted to redeem his name. Uh, his name is that of the Lynch family out of Virginia, uh, where the, uh, the, the, the uh, what they call it, uh, mob justice got out of hand, and it, it became synonymous with lynching. But that was his great-great-grandfather, uh, uh, I think it was. But uh, gave the first $50,000, and then it started rolling. People started giving 1000 I got 5000 10 Organizations came through, and, and we were able to do that in the midst of a pandemic, Chip. That's, that's what was most amazing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely amazing. So, uh, before I let you go, what's what's next on 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 your on your agenda in terms of uh, of, of recognizing those uh, unsung heroes, uh, particularly you know here in Memphis and Shelby County that has such a uh, such a deep impact on us. What 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 would you like to see uh, coming down the road now that you've got this memorial project on the way? I'd love to see uh, the uh, Church Park Auditorium rebuilt oh, and, and okay. turned, into, turned into a museum to preserve the history of uh, of African American. The Epic Center for African American History is on Bill Street, right, right there at the corner of Fourth and, and I mean Ida B. Wells and, and Bill Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert R. Church begged the city of Memphis to build a park and recreational outlets for African-Americans, and they wouldn't do it. And when they did in 1899, he went on his, went in his own pocket and built the park, built an auditorium that we could use. And uh, I want to see that restored and used as a museum to preserve that rich, rich history there on, on Bill Street. And also, uh, Chip, black folk don't know, 
First Baptist Bill Street Church was the post office for African Americans on Bill Street. Oh, I didn't so know we, yeah. we didn't deserve uh, uh, boxes and the other post office uh, station, but you had to go to Bill Street to get your mail. Mm-hmm. Right there at First Baptist Bill Church, where the Reverend uh, Dr. David Helton is the uh, is the pastor, yeah. mm-hmm. is right there. All that history is right there in uh, in, 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 the, in within that. Uh, that, that square, that corner square there. So I want to see that happen, and I'll be working on that next. Uh, we were able to get a grant from the Shelby County Commission, uh, working with uh, Mr. Willie Brooks, uh, to start saving the facade of First Baptist Bill Street Church, and then I'm joining forces with uh, uh, Brother Tucker, uh, one Tucker to go on and get uh, some federal funds to save First Baptist Bill Street Church. In 1966, the city of Memphis had proposed to tear it down. Mm. Uh, and they went in to tear it down saying that it was unstable and they discovered that it would stand another 100 years and that's why they couldn't tear it down. And so now that uh, we know that David Ace and myself and Yvonne Ace and several others have joined in, uh, we're going to uh, restore First Baptist Bill Street Church and then uh, restore that uh, Robert R. Church Park and Auditorium. Reverend Dr. Lasimba Gray, uh, helping us to keep our history alive in front and center. Uh, Rev, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, to uh, visit with me tonight and visit with our audience. Thank you and you know, for all the work that you have done, that you are doing, and that I know you'll be moving forward in the future. Thanks, thanks for coming on Real Talk tonight. Thank you, Chip. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. That was a history lesson, uh, in case uh, many of you didn't uh, realize that. Uh, you know, we, we, we need to remember our past so we can, uh, you know, know where we are. Not only that, but where we're going uh, in the future. And we need more folks like Reverend Dr. Lucinda Gray and all the folks who worked on the Ida B. Wells Memorial Project. Uh, kudos to each and every one. We're going to take our final break. And when we come back, our thoughts are going to turn to food. OK, so that's that's the only tease you're going to get. Hey, did I mention that uh, Real Talk uh, in some form or another has been uh, on for three years now? Did I mention that? I don't see anybody congratulate me on Facebook Live, but that's OK. I still love you anyway. Real Talk Memphis will take one final break. We're coming right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. This August, the FedEx Cup playoffs kick off at TPC Southwind with the FedEx Cup St. Jude Championship. The top 125 players in the FedEx Cup standings will compete for the PGA Tour's ultimate prize, the FedEx Cup. In addition to the excitement of the playoffs, this year's event includes activities for the entire family. More information at FedExChampionship.com. The Orpheum Broadway season presents Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird, August 16th through the 21st. Aaron Sorkin's stage adaptation is directed by Bartlett Schur. Richard Thomas will play the role of Atticus Finch in this Broadway national tour. For more information, visit orpheum-memphis.com.
This is Stephen Tate, head brewer this at is Crosstown Tate, Brewing head brewer at Crosstown it's Brewing Company. It's my pleasure to design and give life to the tasty beers our customers love so much. Crosstown Concourse is a unique environment, and the programming at WIXR reflects the very same independent spirit and ethos that makes our beer special. Cheers to Memphis and great community radio. Enjoy. The Brooks is open in Overton Park, home to Memphis Art Collection since 1916. The Memphis Brooks Museum of Art holds the largest collection of world art in the region, with more than 10,000 works spanning 5,000 years of art and cultures. Remember, every Wednesday is free and open until 8 p.m. They are a proud sponsor of WYXR. For more information about the museum and their exhibitions, visit brooksmuseum.org. You belong Support at the Brooks. Support for WYXR comes from Focal Point. Located in Crosstown Concourse, Focal Point is a Southern College of Optometry clinical facility that offers fittings with designer eyewear and eco-friendly frames. Learn more at focalpointcrosstown.com. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to the big broadcast on this Monday evening. You know, it's about 6 between six and seven o'clock, a lot of you were about doing dinner and you know getting ready to eat and things like that. So I wanted to have uh, these two folks on because uh, their story is what what I would deem to be a success story, and it's going to get even bigger and better from there. I promise you this. But before I introduce them, someone told me that this spinach artichoke dip uh, was so good it would make you slap your mama. Now, I don't know why anybody would want to do that, but I get the reference in terms of just how good it is. So we have the folks who are behind it. Chris and Regina Moore join me now, Chef Flavors. And first of all, uh, folks, thanks for coming on Real Talk. It's good to see you. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. A- absolutely, a- absolutely so. So, you know, we, we're really proud of you. And I know when I posted about uh, you guys coming on the show tonight, uh, it generated quite a few uh, positive uh, notes. A lot of people are very familiar with this spinach artichoke dip that you all have uh, that that you have come up with. And somebody else said to me, uh, left a note that said, "I had that dip." I didn't have a cracker. I didn't have a, 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 what is it, chip or anything. I just ate the whole thing. It'll <laughs> make you do that. Oh listen, oh, listen to the wife. See, that's why I had to have the wife on. See, she, she can co-sign all these things. So, um, well, first of all, uh, Chris and Regina, congratulations on uh, the notoriety that you're getting uh, from Walmart. And I'm going to let you explain kind of what that's all about. It's a partnership that you have with Walmart to distribute uh, uh, this in their local stores. Talk about how that came about. Actually, um, me and my wife, we set up on this platform called Arrange Me. Mm-hmm. And um, a few months ago, um, Walmart wrote us like, hey, we've seen your product. Can you send us a sample? So we sent the sample, not knowing, uh, you know, how large the situation was. We sent the sample to them, think it was just a local store we was getting into. They wrote us about three weeks later, like, hey, you've been selected to the open call. Um, you've been selected to the open call meeting. We want to do a Zoom meeting. 
So um, they invited us to an open call meet, um, open call meeting. Then they had Jonas, one of the Jonas brothers, come up there, congratulate us on the Zoom meeting, and tell us that we made it to Walmart. We won. Um, well, we actually got invited out of thirteen thousand companies. We got invited to like eleven hundred um, to be eleven hundred be inside the building. Ultimately, ultimately being um, number one hundred out of the thirteen thousand companies that were selected. Wow, wow, and and because of that, now uh, this partnership is going to be initially in Memphis, right? Am I correct in that? Yes, sir. And how yes, many sir. How, how many stores here? Uh, right now, it's going to be in all of them. There's going to be six of them in Memphis. Okay. All right. So, and 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 what happens from here? Um, is there is there an opportunity for you all to become a nationwide commodity? I mean, what, yeah, what are the next steps in the process? Yeah. Okay. So the next step, that's definitely the goal. Uh, we plan to be nationwide by 2023. Uh, by the end of 2023, um, we plan to be starting out in the southern region and mm. work our way up and expand. That is really that is really quite something. And now, now, Chris, I had read uh, that you uh, were on the uh, Food Network uh, show called Chopped. Talk about that experience. Yeah, um, I competed on Food Network Chopped roughly about six years, six seven years ago. Um, I ended up it was a it was a great experience. Um, they played for a hotel, you know, air flight, you know, down in Manhattan, New York. You okay. know, um, right. my wife. And it just so happened to be my wife's birthday, so we was able to celebrate her birthday during the time. Yes, sir. It was a it was a great experience, even though I didn't see the results that I wanted to see because I chopped my cut my hand. But you know the opportunities from it been endless. Man, I was gonna tell you, yeah, and I, I wasn't gonna say that's the only way you were eliminated because you but you cut your hand, but everything is okay with that now, right? You're good he was gonna win. He huh? was gonna win. They knew that from the gate. They was like, yes. When he cut his hand, uh, Chris, you know you got a winner. Re- Regina, just, now you, she all in your corner now. I, I would I, let me let me say this. Uh, did I? I was doing some homework on this, and I believe you two met at uh, the local cooking school. Am I right with that? Did I get that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, we met at La Cole uh, Culinary. Like, I was the ambassador uh, for the school, so like out of all the new students that came to the school, I had to give an orientation. And she looked at me with the googly eyes and stuff, you know. That's so not how it <laughs> Go ahead, Stop. Regina. Tell us how. T- tell us how it happened. Regina, did, did he see you across Stop. the room and he said, "I want to order that's that." I'm sorry. That's <laughs> exactly what happened. I had to tell my mama. I said, "You see this man staring at me?" So he marked his territory from the beginning. Oh yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Hey man, let me tell you something. You did well. Now, um, what is the secret? to uh, what makes this spinach artichoke dip so good. Either one, doesn't matter, just, just let us know what, what the secret is behind it. Quality product and um, you know, experienced chefs, to be honest. Uh, you know, we've been in the industry collectively roughly 23 years. Um, so we've been, we've, you know, I've been all over the country uh, cooking. So I took a little bit here, a little bit there. Plus my mother my, was a chef, my father, my uncle, aunties, everybody. So. You know, a lot of years of experience kind of went to uh, making it dip. In fact, uh, when we first got together, yeah, my wife, yeah, when my uh, first got together, my wife said this dip is going to make you famous. You know, but I did, we didn't even actually put it to the stores like eight more years afterwards. You okay. know? but it was it's still you know it's still a you know a great you know a real real great opportunity. How important it is uh, is it rather for both of you? You know, you're from Memphis. I mean, you're here in Memphis, and you're doing your thing here in Memphis with Chef Flavors. How important it is, is it rather, to have the type of local representation that you two bring uh, 
taken to a, a whole nother level and eventually natural, uh, nationally. How, how important is that for, for our city to be represented that way? Well, it's very, it's very important for my city. My husband is from Detroit, but I'm actually a Memphis native. So okay, okay. Um, it's, I want to make Memphis proud. Well, we're going to make Memphis proud. It's our duty to take other entrepreneurs with us, show them the way, show them it's, that it's more to just catering and, um, and things like that, expand their horizon as well as give back to our community. So this um, partnership with Walmart is going to change Memphis as well as Detroit. So we're going to start here and work our way up. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us, we're spending a few minutes with Chris and Regina Moore uh, from Chef Flavus. And we're talking about the uh, partnership that they have with uh, Walmart stores. Now, uh, I also mentioned uh, in my tease that uh, you two uh, actually have a very famous uh, couple uh, that uh, – kind of uh, likes what you guys do. So I'm not even going to say the spoiler. I'm going to let you tell me the who and the where and how all this came about. Well, actually, um, I was a chef, um, actually from CHOP, one of the um, uh, company in Martha's Vineyard, called me to uh, work there as a chef. So I was a chef down there at Atlantic Fish and Chop House. And uh, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama bought a house roughly about 20 minutes away from um, our, our restaurant. All right. Regular, so. All right. It was so surreal when it happened because that's been on my bucket list since he got in office in 2008. As soon as I see him get in office, I'm gonna cook for him. You know, I'm gonna cook for you know Obama's. You know, for it to happen in 20, I think it was 2019. You know, it was just you know just a life changing experience. So you told me that uh, actually Michelle is the one that comes in. Uh, I know you've seen him too a couple of times, but she's she's she was almost a regular. Uh, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's more on a consistent basis. Uh, she you know she'll come order takeout. You know she you know she's on a more consistent basis. Barack Obama, he's you know, kind of touch and go, but he's always ordering food with her, though, so, you know, he's still touching her. <laughs> so so what kind of things did the Obamas uh, 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 get from you guys? Well, it was a seafood platter. They had a seafood tower with, like, lobster, mussels, um, shrimp, co- shrimp cocktails. They had um, ahi tuna. They ordered mussel frites. That's um, mussels with a little white wine sauce with uh, sourdough bread and... Um, with some Parmesan garlic, Parmesan truffle French fries. They also order um, the security. That security had a couple of stays. They ordered some, some crab cakes and some um, oh, man. Oh, Dover sole as well, too. You're making everybody hungry. Now, uh, Now, can you uh, envision, or, or I know you're, you're, you're about to take off into the stratosphere, but is there going, and I know you do a lot of catering here in town and, and, and all over. Uh, do you think there might be plans for you guys to open up a restaurant here in Memphis? Um, well, it is definitely part of the long-term uh, picture. Our, our plans now is to focus on a, a manufacturing. Sure. Uh, we opened up, you know, we had a restaurant already um, a few years back, and that's not as exactly where we want to go with the company um, because it's like the, um, you know, we love the restaurant industry, but it's just like, it's it's hard to turn a profit, you know, with the restaurant industry, you know, so we, we're focused on the manufacturing so we can be able to create more jobs, you know, for the community. So um, I, I, we feel like that's going to make us more efficient, you know, when we're talking about building company and building, you know, the city of Memphis, the city of Detroit. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And, 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 and Regina, I know how it went. See, he saw you at school and he was like, 
Yeah, I take two orders of that right there. Her. And the rest, as they say, is history. Listen, we are so proud of, uh, of, of both of you uh, for uh, what you're doing and more importantly, what you are going to do. And, uh, you know, uh, tremendous role models of doing something right, working hard and achieving a positive result. And I want to thank Chris and Regina Moore for coming on Real Talk tonight. And hey, all the best. And uh, let's stay in touch. And yeah, you keep us posted on, uh, you know, as you guys continue to ascend the ladder okay have you tried the dip i'm not a big spinach artichoke uh dip type person but my wife has already told me has already has already ordered me to get some from you so we'll, we'll <laughs> no worries yeah. did you the first one on me the first well i appreciate that but I appreciate that, but and, and and I know she'll appreciate it too. But she loves spinach artichoke dip. I'm more of a, I'm just a basic kind of a food dude. But if she gets me to try some and I like it, guess what? I reach out and I tell you, I tried something I never tried before, and I take some more of that too. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, you guys, you guys take good care of yourself. We'll be praying for you, and we'll be and more importantly, we'll be cheering for you. And uh, good luck in the future. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. All right. Thank you very much. Well, that was a lot of fun and a great way to end the broadcast. And as Lola plays us out, um, had a good time tonight. Good show. And like I said earlier, this is the best hour of the entire week for me. And I hope that you uh, get out and support folks like uh, Chris and Regina. Uh, they are really doing some big things. This is the kind of stuff that we need to see more of in this city. Uh, for every negative story we see or we hear about, there's a positive like this uh, that we can be very, very proud of. And, and uh, you know, we're all we're all just so, so thrilled for their success. And, and uh, we just hope that uh, once the world finds out about uh, Chef Flavors, you know, we can still get them back on the show down the road. Uh, but anyway, it's been a great night. Thank you all for uh, checking us out. And uh, thank you all for supporting the show. We really appreciate it. And if the Lord says so, uh, we'll be back here next week. Same time, same studio, same chair. And we hope to do it just a little bit better. So for Lola, Nicole, and your humble host, Chip, I am Chip. And we're out. Be careful. Have a great week.